this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Radio. Ishiro said, how are you doing? Takahashi, my back hurts and I don't care who knows it. You should take one of them their new Advils. I hear they do great things. I took 12 of them and I'm coasting. All right, you're looking a little yellow. I, 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 but, uh, that's... Which one of you said that? <laughs> I mean, look, look uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll deal with that stuff later. I got a fantastic idea. For our next venture in the uh, the film industry. Okay. I think we can replicate the success that, that there's uh, Roger Rabbits. Oh, okay, hold on. Are you talking about like combining the live action and the cartoons? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have that much money. Uh, well, you know what? I don't think we need to. We just need to show that in the in the trailer. And, uh, and then we'll be fine. We, like what? Ten minutes of the movie. Well, this okay. Well, I got a script here. That's like that's like half of the movie, right? I would that's, assume. And you know what? And that's that's fine because that's all the kids. They just want the eye candy. They don't need any of that other stuff. What we can do is uh, we can make it about a singing rooster. Natural, pad, yeah. Exactly. Pad the thing out with songs, and I'm thinking we could probably get Elvis Presley to do it because he hasn't done anything in a while. I haven't seen him around on the TVs or anything. Oh, uh, uh, I think there's a good reason for that. If you read the trade papers, apparently he died like 15 years ago. Oh, that would, uh, that would definitely put a damper on his acting abilities. And you got to You really got to stop reading the national Enquirer. Oh, I trade. heard he was still alive. And I, I did find it odd that they, he was in a photo spread with Bat Boy. So. Yeah, not a normal photo op. That, that should have been a red flag. That okay, that, that, fine, fine, fine. What we'll do is uh, we'll get the next best thing, Glenn Campbell. Obviously. Second He's a best rhinestone Elvis. cowboy. The kids will eat it up. The prince of rock and roll. Sure. Well, I think that's actually Prince. But anyhow. Uh, Who? Prince, uh, my my kids are uh, you know Gaga over him and the, that Michael Jackson's guy. I can't tell them about they 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 got stringy hair and they sing really high. Um, 
what we can do is also get some of the best actors to, to pull the kids in. We can get, you know, the likes of Eddie Deason. Oh, whoa. And, You're stretching uh, that budget on me again. Well, you know, I, I think he's just doing the voice acting stuff these days now. So we might be able to get him at a pretty good price. And uh, we could also get um, uh, Sorrell Brook at the Boss Hogs from uh, Dukes of Hazzard. Because kids love the villains of their favorite things. I think kids would also really get a kick out of hearing uh, Sandy Duncan. Yeah, can we give her a lisp? I, I don't see why not. I think it would make I would make perfect sense. And then, uh, of course, uh, we're going to haul in that that guy. He's he's all in the Tiger Beats um, that uh, Phil Harris. He was the voice of Little John in the that that Robin Hood movie that Disney put out, you know, three decades ago. Right, right, right. And uh, I, I think that, that that's solid. And uh, we can get Christopher Plummer as the villain. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll help him out a little bit. He's a little indie star. We'll prop up his career. Right, exactly. He'll be a magical owl who's the villain fighting a singing space rooster who makes the sun come up. And so, of course, there's a kid who gets turned into a cat, and he's going to help find this space rooster. They're going to battle with Christopher Plummer, the magical owl, remember. Takahashi, you really got to stop doing your own supply. I'm not done yet. When he gets all, when all this happens, after the, the big final battle, he's battling with the, 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 the magic owl. The cat helps him with the dog and the thing. And then, of course, the space rooster blasts off into space to wake up in the, wake, wake up the sun. And, well, I, I think once we have a space rooster established, we know what that means. Cha-ching! That's when the money rolls in. Welcome, 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 folks. Welcome back to What Were They Thinking? A podcast about bad to questionable movies. And uh, boy, howdy, did we get a doozy for you for you this week. Uh, but uh, I'm certainly not going to do this one alone. So uh, if you guys would be more than glad, please welcome the um, uh, Edmund to my patu. See, I did it right that time. Mm-hmm. Brendan, hey, how you doing, fella? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, uh, a rock-a-doodle-doo to you. Oof. And I, I, you know, you say that bad to questionable movies, and I got to question that right away because this is 64 minutes long. <laughs> I, I believe that counts as a, as a feature length. It is barely a movie. <laughs> if you took out all the padding and all the credits of this 74-minute movie, of which 10 minutes are credits, mm-hmm. I think the movie would be 26 minutes long. That's a distinct possibility, but you know what? That's that's not for us to question because we actually have, uh, we we managed to expand the budget here. What were they thinking? And now you know that we have an extreme sports expert in in mm-hmm. Jericho. We got a wrestling expert in Gilbert. We've got a, a comic book expert in Coatsab. We now have an official singing Elvis impersonating rooster 
extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the first time to our show, Monica Taylor. How you doing? Hi, guys. Just happy to be here. I'm very well. Thank you. <laughs> here to, so, so many years of expertise, many years of studies on the singing uh, Space Roosters. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a big Don Bluth fan. Yeah. This was your graduate thesis, wasn't it? Absolutely. I figured it would. I spent seven years on this. <laughs> oh, so Nathan, what I find fascinating about this movie is that you picked it, but you had actually never seen it. I think never. you picked it based on my like, oh, this movie reaction. Well, you're, yes, but I, I had actually heard of its like infamy. Right. You know, um, I will, you know, all cards on the table. I was kind of starting to, you know, stupidly age away from that stuff at this time this movie came out. So I had no real interest in seeing it. Um, and then, of course, you know, you come back around years ago and you realize that, you know, being an adult is a scam and you want to do kid stuff again. I was like, this thing would be perfect from everything that I've heard. So, and boy, howdy, did this not disappoint. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a not so movie um monica didn't you say that you were going nuts at one point because no one believed you that it was real absolutely the only person that believed me it was real was you <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my mom uh because i definitely grew up watching this movie with her but uh, everybody else says this is a fake you've seen this several times i take it then oh yes yeah i think uh well i watched it again last night and that would be probably like my 20th time watching it so this was your Frozen. <laughs> uh, much respect for the Don Bluth stuff. I I was always I was always glad to get one of those movies when I was a kid because I knew I was getting something that was going to be considerably different than what Disney was putting out, yeah. good or bad. Right. <laughs> That's the one thing about Don Bluth Studios is that they were ridiculous, but it was something different being offered. Yeah, and then he made a troll in Central Park, and you know every we, time, we, we, we're, nobody's perfect. <laughs> nobody's perfect. It's like it's like it's like the nor uh, the gnome named Norm. Every time I Stan Winston. Hey, there's another movie. Mm. A gnome named Norm, directed by Stan Winston. So the film starts off. You have Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Another day, another day. I'll get to the plot. I'll get to the plot. All right. But he's naked. There's a naked gnome. Do you named pick, Norm. Wait, then pick it for one of your movies. I he's, picked the singing Elvis rooster. He's naked. Gnorm. Anyhow, it's time for the plot. You see his balls. So lay that <laughs> out there. Not. No. Stop it. We get to this. Okay. Just a very broad chicken chest. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is a movie about a, 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 an, uh, an Elvis sound-alike singing rooster mm-hmm. who wakes up the sun every day. Then they find out they don't need the rooster to wake up the sun. And he goes off to make his fortune in the big city while a, a real-life boy and his family are dealing with a flood on their farm. And he gets turned into a cat by a magical owl. Then they have to go to the city to find the singing space rooster to come back to the farm and battle the magical owl to wake up the sun again. Uh, hilarity ensues. Uh, this is the real plot of the movie Rockadoodle. Oh, yes. Strap in, folk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we... Uh, uh, I guess we I, we open we open up on the uh, uh, like a, 
the story being told to us by Patu is mm. he we will come to meet as, as a dog who can't tie his shoes. And with good reason, he has easily uh, shoelaces that are six yards long. And uh, he's he's telling us uh, about uh, this this rooster that they that used to be on his farm. And uh, he would wake up the sun and we are greeted with our hero, Chanticleer. Lana, I didn't do a whole lot of research on this. Was this based on a pre-existing story? I don't think so. Yes, it was. Oh. It was based on a book by the same name. Oh. It was originally picked up by Disney, and then Disney decided to drop it, and Don Bluth Studios picked it up later. Was it written by Glenn Campbell as a vanity project? <laughs> <laughs> Not to my knowledge. I was actually going to ask, was it written by a French author? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know the I answer. I, I, well, I'm going to take a quick peek. Uh, the only reason why I ask is because not only is our main uh, character, our main uh, hero, uh, the the singing space rooster that sounds like Elvis, uh, his name was Chanticleer, which, I mean, if you, I mean, loosely translated it from the French is clear singing or singing clearly. But there's also a dog named Patou. And they mm. say his name like that. It's like that's a, these are really French-sounding names for uh, an American production. Well, here you here you go. So uh, I can't answer Nathan. that. Oh, I was okay. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, Chanticleer is a breed of rooster, and Patou is a breed of dog. It's actually a, a Great Pyrenees, which is hilarious because this is clearly not a Great Pyrenees dog, but a basset hound. Yeah. Um, I also want to point out that this is uh, this is based on a play, a 1910 uh, comedy play called Chanticleer, and oh surprise surprise, written by a French poet. So there okay. you go. All right, so that makes uh, that makes perfect sense then, sort of. Yeah, that everything everything checks out <laughs> now. I, I mean, the place. You know what? We don't have to do this episode. We don't have to talk about anything. What were they thinking? Goodbye. <laughs> Citizen this was King. actually really well thought out, guys. <laughs> Compared to this thing. Yeah, Orson Welles' Rockadoodle. Uh, Casablanca, more like Casablanca compared to this thing. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Uh, oh. Because we find out that this, as uh, Monica stated earlier, broadly chested rooster with an open chested, full on rock and roll uh, uh, rockabilly thing going on. Bursts onto the scene singing his uh, son, better shine, better shine. It's clearly, I, I I know it's it's based on a play now, but I mean, it's the way they do it. This is clearly an Elvis send up so much so that we have a Colonel Tom Parker a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cockadoo, stay away. You big old wet old rain cloud. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. And uh, so we're, we're advised. Um, by Patu, uh, who is a basset hound and not a, a Great Pyrenees, as, as Monica pointed out as well, uh, that uh, Chanticleer would wake up the would wake up the sun every day and everybody loved him and the lady, uh, I guess I was gonna say the lady chickens, but I mean hens, they would swoon over this giant cock. I mean, oh yeah, every, 
Everybody wants to fuck this cock. Like, oh my god! You wait till we get to the city, because I got some notes about that song that he sings. I had so many conflicting emotions when I watched that later stuff, but we'll get to it. Especially as a child. Oh. Should I just say now this movie was my sexual awakening? You should not. You oh, okay. Not. Cut that, Brendan. <laughs> Leave it in, coward. Ugh. Yeah. But um yeah, so everybody wants to fuck the cock like you said. Right. He's singing, he's get bringing the sun up. I'm absolutely making sure that people in my church don't listen to this episode. Say <laughs> <laughs> fuck the cock as much as I can. Proportions of of, of the animals or, or or I guess people animals uh anthropomorphic. There, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh it ch- it changes several times throughout the movie. Sometimes people the, the animals are are you know proportionate to the thing that's around them because that would stand a reason because they're living in uh that world uh but then there are other times when they're like the the size of what we would expect a kitten or a or a dog to be in our world mm-hmm. right absolutely and for some reason they also change color from time to time well there is that um now question <laughs> because well i mean yeah i mean you gotta you gotta keep people on their feet uh on their toes the question because we talked about Titan AE and learned this is one of his favorite things, was there a naked butt in this movie? This is like one of Don Blue's favorite things, putting naked butts in his movies. Don't remember that in the land before time. <laughs> well, there's all kinds <laughs> of None of them butts. had pants on. There were naked butts all over the place. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, I remember Roger Ebert. Look, remember just Roger because Ebert's... we did get the butthole cut of the land before time, which should be released, by the way. Yeah, doesn't mean there were there weren't naked butts in Land right. Before Time. It's time. Free the butthole. I remember, I remember <laughs> Roger Ebert's review of Land Before Time. It's just like just a bunch of naked butts. I didn't get it. And I was upset because they were all kids. <laughs> right. It was a very uncomfortable watch for me. Uh, then he burned Siskel and was like, Siskel, on the other hand. <laughs> uh before we could get to anything in regards to these uh, hens wanting to lay. Fuck the cock. This rooster. No, I lay. I went with lay because you get the egg on Tondra there. Uh, there's, there's, there's a cockfighting scene. Yes. And this was, this was actually, this part to me, it seemed that there should have been m- like more seeing than telling in this movie, but they didn't have the budget. I feel like this should have been a bigger plot point than it was. Yeah, it's because it's the way it is. It's just kind of like, oh, and then he sent someone over and to mess with Chanticleer, and they fought for a bit, and the sun came up, and everyone realized Chanticleer didn't bring the sun up, and it's like, whoa, Patu, whoa, like you said, <laughs> show not tell. Yeah, and uh, and I guess because he didn't sing this one time, and the sun still came up, all of his friends who had been his friend his entire life, who loved him, adored him. All the ladies wanted to be with him, and all the guys wanted to be him. All of a sudden, fuck you, you're a fraud, including Eddie Deason. They all, <laughs> like, just, like, shit on him immediately. Calling him a fraud, telling him he's a piece of chicken shit. Yeah, I couldn't believe that was a line in this G-rated movie. <laughs> I think things were different back then, Brendan. We've been over this. The 90s were a time. They were a time. About 10 years. Yeah. And uh so he's like he he 
obviously does not feel that he's necessary around the farm and he's off to make his living in the in the big city um and then we're introduced to the idea that this is just a story that's being told to some kid by a mom who's voiced by d stone d wallace Wallace. or d wallace (laughs) stone okay i was gonna say my next note is just startling cut to live action yes that was i was not ready for that (laughs) i forgot about this how this gets introduced because yeah suddenly we're in the world of live action and the mom who's being played by someone who's not D Wallace uh, with a voice that is D Wallace's is uh, telling her son Edmund about this, uh, this, this book uh, that we just, that we just saw, I guess. It's well, she's reading, isn't she reading the book to him? Like as a bedtime story. <clears throat> yeah. And she's like, Oh yeah. Then the, the, she's telling him about like the grand owl. And she's like, because the grand owl likes the darkness and the rain. And he didn't wa- he wanted to get rid of Chanticleer and Oh no, a real rainstorm. And then, and then dad's got, he needs to get the, get the, the, the animals into the barn and he's got to get the older sons to help. And, and, uh, Edmund, that's the name of the the little boy. He wants to help too. Cause he's a big boy. All Dude, right. you're in matching jammies and you're being tucked in and read a story by your mom. You're not helping put the horses in the barn during a flood. Oh shit. Nathan's roasting kids again on the show. I'm just saying, stay in your lane. <laughs> stay in your lane, Edmund. And another thing. <laughs> I'll tell you, yeah, another thing about these little snot-nosed bastards that don't pay rent. You're, you're six years old. Get a job. That's right. You know, when I was your age, I had two jobs at the mine. I had to work split shifts. Nathan, you really didn't have to work at that mine. You just I showed up. I that I did. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why those people from. <laughs> why does the gotten... <laughs> why does the why does the dad enter the room like the fisherman from I know what you did last summer? I know, right? It's terrifying. Right, he just kicks open the door <laughs> and it's like, hey, you, you, you the, no hook hand, thankfully. Yeah, where, where's the hook? <laughs> but he had like the full on rain slicker, and I I guess the whole family had this because we see the mom, she's got her own one with a red hat because she wants to be jaunty. Yeah, and uh, the little fella Edmund, who's been instructed he needs to stay in because it's not safe, because it's not, is uh, looking out the window. He's like, I know what I need to do. I need to summon Chanticleer, and he grabs the book like it's the Necronomicon, and he starts screaming for Chanticleer to return, uh, which angers the owl spirit apparently, and a a giant wooden tree hand breaks through his window. And then a, a magical cartoon owl comes in and turns him into a kitten. Uh, I just want to point out, too, that one, when they just before we get to that, well, they pan out and they do that like establishing shot halfway through the scene for some reason. Um, it's completely animated. Like the, yeah. while we're in the live action world, but that shot is completely animated. Also, my note here was what in the LSD? <laughs> Also, his mom tells him, uh, you can help with the rainstorm by, uh, you know, staying here and praying for the rain to stop. I was like, oh, thoughts and prayers. Looks like D. Wallace is a Republican. <laughs> I don't know. It's if not like it was not, it's, it's not like it was a school shooting. <laughs> was like, well, I don't know if that's true, D. Wallace. If you're not a Republican, I apologize. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, the, the Edmund gets turned into a kitten. Of course. Because, uh, because he, the. Owls, magic, like, I thought it was fire breath, 
But well, it's just like magic breath. It's like Matt. That's how he casts his spells, and yeah. he turns him into a kitten because he's gonna eat him. Uplifting stuff in a Don Bluth film, as you would expect. <laughs> it's just as happy as all the other ones. It's true. Secret name, anybody? He does. At least we didn't have to watch Littlefoot's mom die this time. That's fair. That is a fair point. <laughs> he did his motivation to turn him into a kitten, though he does straightforward he does say it's so you'll be more digestible yeah so but patu the fighting dog shows up and he like he turns the light on him and 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 this uh obviously halts the owl's advances that sounds dirtier than i meant to (laughs) finally the old dirty dog is a hero yeah um and this is where we're actually introduced to a, a few other characters uh from the from the farm from the barnyard or whatever uh so we got patu that we've, we've mentioned uh sandy duncan as peepers the mouse uh and eddie Deason as snipes he's a minor bird isn't he i thought he's like a magpie it's a magpie, magpie. okay there you yeah. go okay there's something like that and then a bunch of other characters who really don't matter a whole hell of a lot yeah, there's like, a, right down to it. There, there's like a pig who definitely isn't Stewie. Porky Pig. Yeah. <laughs> Stewie oh, Pig. Stewie Pig. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a, I think there's like a rabbit too. Mm-hmm. What's the rabbit's who, name? Who has a tag on her hat and it bothers me through the entire film. No, no, no. Uh, Minnie Pearl, the uh, uh, star of Hee Haw and the Grand Old Opry. Her, one of, part of her shtick was she had a, a, a sun hat that had, the still had the price tag on it. Oh. What a nice nod. There yeah. you go. Hey, you learn something new every day, even about something that you're an expert mm-hmm. on. <laughs> See, I wrote the question down and you answered it, so that's great. <laughs> there you go. And to answer your question, Nathan, I have no idea what the rabbit's name is. Pearl, maybe? Literally, we probably won't talk about the rabbit ever again for the rest of the movie. <laughs> well, no, we will because there's, there's a, a brief yeah, point later yeah, which advises yeah. how many batteries they have left, right. I think. But the... Uh, yeah, uh, so we meet them, and then um, uh, we also uh, also meet uh, Hans, voiced by Charles Nelson Riley. Oh, Hun- Hutch, Hutch. Is it Hutch? I thought it was Hans. Huh? No, it's it's Hutch or Hunch, I think. Believe you. Sorry, I was just I was just uh, I just quickly checked my Charles Nelson Riley autobiography here. <laughs> He was a mighty man, the kind of man you never disrespect. Right, right. So what about Hunch? Oh well, we meet we meet him, and uh, we find out that he's uh, he's the Grand Duke's nephew. Dowl, and, yes. Yes. Uh, he's he's uh, I believe he's described here as a a pygmy nephew and lead henchman. Mm-hmm. Hunch enjoys rhyming words with aggravation. I'm just reading the wiki at this point. <laughs> Wait a second, we do that the whole annihilation. <laughs> I also um, want to point out um, before we go too far is that Eddie Deason's character, the magpie, is also a misogynist. A little bit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Several times really he pisses important. off Sandy Duncan uh, oh, with with his just like oh women and stuff like that. <laughs> like every comment, almost it's either about eating. Or that women are lesser than. Right. <laughs> Overreaction. It's about lasagna or misogyny. Yeah. Right. Lasagna and misogyny. My, Which uh... is also, I believe, the origin story of Garfield. 
<laughs> and Mondays. <laughs> uh, he's of course uh, he's he's voiced by Charles Nelson Riley, as we said, and he's like uh, he's like he's a little snitchy informant too. Yeah. Uh, you know, reporting back to his uncle Dookie, which is also another way to say poop. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I had a giggle at that. By the way, you should note right now the owl is Christopher Plummer. Yes, Uncle Dookie is Christopher Plummer. <laughs> yeah. Great Canadian thespian star of stage and screen. Right. Which is a which magical is, owl named Dookie. Which I gotta say is awful close to a Star Wars character, Count Dooku. So <laughs> Wait, my Uncle... other Christopher Lee. There you go. What if Uncle Dookie fought Count Dooku? I think it might go a little bit something like this. <laughs> I'm not. I, I, that's it. That's the end of it. Okay, I thought you. Were <laughs> I thought maybe nope. you'd start singing Edelweiss or something. No, there's no, there's no bit. <laughs> so all this, all this stuff, this stuff is all happening while like this torrential rain is happening, as we said before. The the farm is being flooded out, to which this made me feel like this is a prequel to Heavy Rain or Hurricane Heist. I'm not sure which one. A prequel to the video game or the uh, <laughs> ridiculous... oh, sorry, not heavy rain, hard rain. Oh, okay, with, okay, okay. Christian Slater and yeah. uh, Morgan Freeman and Randy Quaid. Sure, I've I seen it so. once. Don't remember a thing. Okay, well, we may have to revisit because it's it's one of those movies. That's for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so. What ends up happening here is that I believe it's uh, Peepers and uh, Patu and uh, Edmund and Snipes. They all get uh, they set out for the city on the SS toy box. Mm-hmm. Yep, the toy box that keeps refilling and emptying oh, during the man. whole scene. This is actually one of the <laughs> first parts where I kind of noticed the how, that Bluth would just fluctuate the proportions of the characters. Because there mm-hmm. are times when they're, they're like, it's almost like they're standing up in the toy box, leaning out with their elbows, like, over the sides, looking and, and watching where they're going. And then when the toy mm-hmm. box lids get shut, because they get trapped in it at one point, they're mm-hmm. all half the size of the toy box running around inside the toy box. And, mm-hmm. and Snipes gets claustrophobic. He starts pecking holes in the sides of the things trying to let the air and he's just letting water in they're being attacked by owls uh like you know hunts uh, hunch and his uh, them uh and uh he thinks hunch thinks he gets managed to get rid of them because the ss toy box um gets uh put into an an adequate pipe yes but what does it really say nathan it's an aqueduct pipe go straight to the city um to note uh important to note as well in the scene we mentioned earlier how the owl was planning on eating a a child at the beginning of the movie this also features hunch trying to uh drown a child (laughs) yes over and over again but it's okay he's a kitten drowning kittens is fine oh (laughs) thankfully they have a camera with a flash to save the day right which i thought was actually a a a pretty fun little bit of business because I mean, the, the flashlight thing in and of itself is kind of meh, but the actual surprise flash, and then they like they lose their shit because it's way too bright. I don't know if you ever had a flash bulb go off in your eyes. Uh, you're essentially blind for a minute and a half at least. 
Hmm. What fun thing? Fun thing to know. Yeah, I might try it later. Do that. <laughs> yeah, let me get my phone here for you. I'll just sign right to the camera. Um. <laughs> anywho. Uh, it's Did anybody bit. notice how dramatically close the city was to the farm? They were only in that aqu- uh, aqueduct for like thirty seconds. Yes, I. I that was a, a little strange. Uh, but. I will say this. Um, have you ever been to Coquitlam? <laughs> it's like this little outskirt uh, from like the greater Vancouver area, but it's it's straight up cow town. Like there's farms and everything. And if you go like 10 minutes east, I think east, no, west, 10 minutes west, you're right into like the like into the major uh, city area. Metropolitan area. Isn't that where Metro- Robert Picton is from? Yes. It's like a fun serial killer fact to throw in. It yeah. is, yes. <laughs> and, and I was actually uh I was I was living in Vancouver when they arrested him. Oh. Oh, well, that's that's did happy. You tip, did you tip them off? <laughs> I wish. You think I'd be living in this house if I tipped them off? Man, I mean I have We're a Canadian. Place yes, you would. Yeah, I'd have a nice big house living in the valley at this point. Fuck. Hey, officer, I think that guy's over there killing folks. Oh, it's actually, there was more than a few people who said that about him before they finally did some shit about him. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Not not a nice gentleman. Um... Where are we but, at? Uh, uh, adequate pipe, right? Yeah, so he th- so he thinks they he thinks they're done for because he think thought they went into an adequate pipe, and I want to say um apparently I could have used a... an adequate pipe to watch this movie, and it probably would have made things a lot better, <laughs> a lot easier to understand anyway. Right. Um, I will say though that um I just want to point out there is a de- there's a bit of a deleted scene here that I I looked up because when Hunch uh flies back to tell uh Duke Uncle Dukey about this uh, adequate pipe. He's clearly like baking a pie and you can see on the shot from away, the pie is moving. Like there's a living creature inside of it that he's about to put in the oven. In a deleted scene, you actually see him grab a skunk and stuff him into the pie. And then that leads to this scene where he like goes to put him in the oven. And, and I think they were like, uh, Donnie baby, a little too dark. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little much. <laughs> We're not going to get the rating we want. <laughs> and Don Blue's like, what? It's a skunk. Everybody hates skunk. Who wants a skunk pie? <laughs> it's a baby skunk, too. Yeah. Not an oh adult. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty dark. That would have made this movie 75 minutes long. Think of that. Look at that. <laughs> it's flour from Bambi. Oh, no. <laughs> I just made it better. You made it worse. <laughs> uh, that was Don Blues but, getting his his vengeance from Disney. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah, go. I would I, I wouldn't put that past for him to because like, his movies a lot of times have a little dig, uh, like an Easter egg almost. Uh, if you watch the stuff where he's got kind of like a little, because I mean it's it's not. I mean, honest to God, how could you not be a little bit embittered? If you're Don Bluth at that company. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, so, so we we pick up uh, later in the uh, in, in the city after uh, Snipes has got, lost his shit and they finally managed to get him together and they pop open the toy box and they regain their regular size. 
And they look out and they can see the city. And they're like, we're going to have to find him in this big old city. And that's going to be like finding a needle in a haystack. And so they they go on this mission to find Chanticleer in the city. And uh, it doesn't take that long. It really doesn't. But <laughs> at one point, though, they're like, we're dealing with a proportions thing because um, there's a there's a part where they're in a restaurant and they 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 get a uh, a phone book and they're looking for it and they're like standing on like three on top of each other. I'm like, okay, if this is their world. Why are the proportions built like this? <laughs> why, why is this the rhinoceros? <laughs> why is the, the rhinoceros this waiter? <laughs> <laughs> why is this city built for humans mm. when it's like? My question is, why do they think that they're gonna find his name in the phone book when he just moved there a week ago? He didn't just move phone there. Phone books a week only ago. come out once it, a year. I thought it had been. I thought he had been there a while. But they still are just looking know. him up by his. Clearly stage name. Guys, I've got news for you. Chanticleer is his stage name. I know he changes his stage name, but that was his first stage. His real name is probably like Joey uh, Smith or something. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the great rooster, Joey Smith. (laughs) Well, that's why he changed it to Chanticleer. Yeah, no one's going to... No son in in the universe is going to wake up for Joey Smith. I gotta change uh, my name to a French-sounding rooster, but sing like a guy from Kentucky. You got a great voice, kid. I'm loving the voice. I'm loving the rage. But I'm thinking we change that name. Joey Smith has gotta go. <laughs> well, uh, you look like a Elvis Presley or something. No, no, no. Something French. Chanticleer. <laughs> it means say to sing clearly. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, uh, Colonel Tom, you know what you're doing. <laughs> um, while they're looking for him, by the way, Hunt shows up again, and he's and he's got a fucking knife this time. And I'm like, is he just gonna run up and slit their throats? Is that? Oh the yeah, part? because we find yeah, Hunt is apparently a murder owl. Yeah. It has a Swiss Army knife that MacGyver would get a boner for. Oh yeah, it has everything on it. He doesn't just have the can opener. He doesn't just have the knife. He's got like a friggin', he's got like a hammer on there. He's got like a pickaxe. I love cartoon physics. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they find Chanticleer in, in one way or another because they see his visage on this uh, clearly like Vegas style. Um, yeah, they're it's the lounge. city, but they're clearly in like Vegas or at the very least Reno. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and maybe not, Branson, Missouri. He's he's, he's not shot to clear anymore though. He's, he's the, the king, king, baby. In case you didn't get it, that he's supposed to be Elvis, literally called the king. I thought it was because he was a chicken, and he's chicken, not a king. <laughs> he's the king size chicken. I'm right. absolutely. And, and this is where we. Uh, uh, when they finally figure out who he is, they 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 see him singing, and he's singing a song called "Let Me Be Your Rooster," which if you change, if you have a thesaurus, and you change the word "rooster" for another word that means "rooster," mm-hmm. he's singing about boning, like boning. 
Well, to the point where he also says one of the lines I wrote down is, I'm going to rock a doodle doodle to you the way you rock a doodle doodle to me. Right. I mean, all, and all, all night. I believe he, he, he says that he's going to do it all night. All night. And also, I got, I got to imagine that it's like a real Elvis situation where, like, his uh, Colonel Tom Parker gets a bunch of, like, the young hens to the back for him. I Well, I mean, it's not far from what happens. I mean, really. Yeah. And uh, I was, I just my note at this point is I'm not comfortable with a rooster singing about fucking in a kid's movie. Oh, are you not comfortable <laughs> with that? Because I wasn't comfortable with what happened next, which is they sexualize... Like uh, a a young female pheasant. singer who is a pheasant, but also looks like it, it. It looks like I was convinced. I was like, okay, is it just a human with a beak? Because they don't do a real great job of making her look animalistic. I guess other than the beak. Now, and to be fair, we've uh, also played uh, by Ellen Green. Ellen Green, mad respect, kudos. Um, the uh, a, a a pheasant or a, a partridge. Uh, doesn't have actually a very prominent beak. Yeah, no, I know, but the rest of her just looked human. <laughs> looked really, yeah, real curvy and it was weird. And... A high ponytail. Yeah, <laughs> it was <laughs> like, look at this sexy pheasant, and I was like, no, thank you. But I think as a child, you I want to be a sexy pheasant plucker. I think as a child. <laughs> I said yes, please. I'm fairly certain <laughs> I was into this when I was a kid. When I was that's younger. my bird. Hashtag my pheasant. She was like Jessica Rabbit as a pheasant. Oh man! At well, one point they were even dressed alike. At the very least, Jessica Rabbit was a human. Right. <laughs> yeah, but she was boinking a rabbit. <laughs> oh yeah, but she was just doing it for the money. There are no rules. I heard she was doing it for the funny, because her exact words are. He makes me laugh. Yeah, I, and and he's got a big dick. I think that was the whole line. <laughs> and he can fuck like a rabbit. <laughs> he's got a big dick. Dot, or, sorry, he makes me laugh. Dot, dot, dot. And he's hung. <laughs> but yes, I thought it was... And she's very much... Well, it's Ellen Green, uh, who people probably know more, more from like Little Shop of Horrors. So she's very like, Oh, shut to clear. Like that whole like... <laughs> breathy like almost marilyn monroe high-pitched kind of thing yeah it, and again clearly meant to be very sexual like don bluth you know what you're doing oh here here we go there's no naked butt but he did make a sexy pheasant so there we go <laughs> they had to de-sex her because she was too sexy for their original uh the audiences the test oh, audiences so they really uh, they unsexed her yeah they like uh, covered up her butt a bit more and uh they animated her <sighs> breasts out so she's actually flat chested but the shape on her chest makes it look like she might have breasts but oh in reality God. she does not actually have any breasts oh the world of dawn bluth if they had done that today men would have been all upset because they did that to lola bunny and people were having fucking fits because <laughs> that was the that was the problem with that space jam movie otherwise the space <laughs> jam legacy was a perfect film, but I didn't get any rabbit tits, so one so, star. How am I supposed to watch Space Jam without a rock hard boner? <laughs> you expect me to watch Space Jam a new legacy and not masturbate? <laughs> Say good day, sir. Good, good day. day. <laughs> Excuse me while I go watch Looney Tunes back in action. Oh my god. Hot take better than Space Jam. What? 
I enjoyed it more, but I, th- I think it was more of the uh, the Brendan Fraser thing. Yeah. Uh, he's amazing. And Jenna Elfman. As as well, yes. Where are we leaving off? Where Rooster singing a song about? Yeah, Go- Goldie shows up and she 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 wants to be not in the chorus anymore, and she's talking to Colonel Tom Parker Cat. Pinky, played yeah. by Sorel Brooks. He's a fox. AKA, he's <laughs> a fox. Okay. I he's a cat. He's a fox. Okay. You know, he's a sly fox. What did the fox say? That makes <laughs> actually that makes much more sense. Uh, yeah, because he was huge, and I was like, oh, it's just like a giant cat? Okay. Played by Sorel Brooks. Yeah, but that would attract with the movie. <laughs> and, well, a fat cat. Yeah. So, I mean, either way, you're good, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we also find out a cool fact that um, uh, Chanticleer has uh, the Battletoads as his bodyguards. Oh, my God. That, like, bouncer song that they sing. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is the best thing I. This is the best part of the whole film. Be away from the star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he and he's just the fact like, that bodyguards don't actually do this upsets me. <laughs> <laughs> I know all bodyguards should have a choreographed musical number. Right. With yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, god damn it. Oh, and uh, the next uh, problematic thing: uh, the giant phallus helicopter that he flies around in. Hmm. I was I was a little I was a little put off by that, but apparently uh, the giant phallus helicopter is big enough to have a like a golf course in it. Right. Again, nothing makes sense. No. I believe it also has a pool. Pool. Yes, it has a pool, an inside golf course, a whole other section of the ship dedicated to a room for. This is a fucking TARDIS. (laughs) <laughs> he's flying around in a helicopter TARDIS that doesn't travel through time. Fair enough. So what you're saying you're is Chanticleer <laughs> was the, I don't know, fourth Doctor Who, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd be more Doctor Who. Wouldn't that be great if like if one of the doctors was just like an animated rooster? <laughs> oh my God. Like, yes, please. For like three years. <laughs> I would I would love that just to wind up my Whovian friends. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So I could say that my favorite doctor is the one that's a rooster that sounds like Elvis and is voiced by Glenn Campbell. Make sure you say my favorite was the rooster. My second favorite was the was the time they got a female. <laughs> I think I think any of my Whovian friends actually were f- perfectly fine with the, the female doctor. I should say the Whovian fandom. Fandom itself, yeah. Yeah, there you go. The no, original mo- most Whovians. Yeah. What's that? The original Whovians, the ones that are old now. Yeah. Right. Hashtag not my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies in medicine? What? I know Jeez. he's not an actual medical doctor, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the next doctor is a lady doctor. You mean he's a gynecologist? <laughs> <laughs> great oh no no it's a lady what ladies can't be doctors they don't give doctorates to chicks i don't know what dander dice clay's uh, hoobian all of a sudden oh no the fourth doctor is andrew dice clay <laughs> oh my don't let him get near the word tardis uh <laughs> no it's not the 90s anymore so stay away yeah um oh. Yeah, so Chanticleer's depressed, right? And is he's Colonel, lonely, man. Colonel Tom Parker Fox is trying to uh, 
Tell them like, ah, oh, you got money, you got everything, you got your pool. What more do you want? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm lonely, man. I need to. I miss my friends on the farm. And then he, and because he's missing his friends on the farm, and I think Pinky's already, he's already wise to the idea that there are friends from the farm looking for him, uh, so they can and, bring him back to wake up the sun. Because well, he's also in cahoots with the with the owl. Exactly. Shock and horror. He's in cahoots with with Dookie. Um, once Chanticleer starts talking about being wistful for his folks on the farm, uh, Pinky pulls a fucking mad dog Vachon on him, pushes him outside the helicopter, shows him all the people who are cheering for him, and, and then reminds him that they all call him a fraud back on the farm. Yeah. We also I we, we skipped over the part where they were uh the gang was trying to get a letter to Chanticleer the whole time he was singing his song. Oh my god, that was that that whole scene was hilarious because they go dressed up as penguins because outside it says no admittance to dogs, cats, mice, or birds. Penguins <laughs> are birds. <clears throat> yes. Apparently not. <laughs> Number one, yes. Number two. There was there were so many dogs that went in with penguin costumes. Yeah. Everyone had penguin costumes, including dogs, mice, birds. Like it wasn't just them. Or like meese, as meese. they pronounced it. Meeses. Meeses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meeses. Uh. So yeah, you're right. They do have that scene where he's they're trying to get a letter to him, um, and. Uh, like a, who the oh um snipes is getting all loaded on wine because he says oh the uh, he said <laughs> we wanted a light cola this thing weighs a ton yeah <laughs> and he's he's obsessed with lasagna and um the reason they don't get the letter to uh Sean to clear is because they have goldie go up there and start honey potting them yes and she's kind of coerced into it because Pinky advises her, you know, that that mean old little kitty cat is going to take Chanticleer away. Y'all don't want that, do you? Yeah. That's a terrible Sorrel Brook. I should really work on that. But if, oh. I'm not, if I'm not doing a decent job at an impression of a celebrity who's been dead for 30 years, what am I even doing? It's true. Um, they also have a seductive musical number together where, where she feeds him milk. And I was like, nope. No thanks. Not even the milk. I think originally it was wine, and that was another thing they had to take out of the film in order. See, to I didn't. I didn't catch the reading. I thought she was just plying him with liquor. I think it was milk, <laughs> unless she was giving him like white Russians. Well, see, originally it was red wine, and they changed the color to white. That might. You know what? That actually is. This is worse this way because, like, it just reminded me of that scene in Cats. Where Rum Tum Tugger has that like milk crate and and the, and the female cats are like have their mouths open and they're laying back and they're just like ah like take, taking it all in. It just reminded me of that and I was like Ew. no. Just no. really quickly, there was a scene where we did cut back to uh, the inconsequential farm animals who are stuck on the bed as the farmhouse is filling with water and they're getting low on batteries and this is where mini pearl rabbit uh is there to say we've only got two batteries left and stewie pig is just like 
not Porky Pig, but worried. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But not Porky Pig. Don't Also, I think that's the that's the best music in the whole film, I think, is the elves singing the running out of battery song. Oh, yeah. Because they, they like, they like, hone in on them but then at the last second they change the batteries and poof and the owls go flying the best away. part about that song other than the fact that it's super short uh <laughs> when i was watching this because i watched this it's on tubi so feel free folks uh take your time if you, if, if you didn't realize that it was free on tubi hit pause on on, on your phone mp3 player whatever you listen to this on watch rockadoodle uh, because if we suffered, you should suffer. Uh, and then you just come right back to this. But at one point, they started singing this song. Like, they, I, I get the duh, 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 started. And then the ad break warning came up in the top left-hand corner. I'm like, are you going to do an ad break in the middle of a song? Nope. It's like a 10-second song. And then, boom, we go to the ads. And then, the, uh, they, they, sorry, they do the flashlight thing. And then we go to the ads. Same exact experience I had. I was like, they don't usually interrupt the middle of a scene on Tubi. No. Oh, they're not. They're they, they're not doing that. They did not. That's right. <laughs> um, I didn't have to watch an ad. <laughs> I, I you probably have like the special edition Blu-ray with all the uh, bonus features, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched it on Tubi. I just lucked out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so when they're having their seductive number with the milk drinking, um, you know, I wrote down that, uh, cutting away from, from, um, uh, them in mid kiss usually means they had sex in a movie where you can't show anything. So I think they fucked, right? Sean DeClear and Goldie. He, uh, I never have considered this a single time in my entire life. Thank you for that. She, she <laughs> let him be her rooster in yeah. rocket doodle dude oh, all night, all night long. <laughs> oh, they, they I always thought to that, that <laughs> I always thought that that was the most romantic scene, like that that swing that's literally hanging by a thought <laughs> in the middle of the air. I always, yeah, I want, I wanted a romantic chicken swing. Oh yeah, they do have their, <laughs> their they do have their chicken swing. I've heard I actually at this point I, I had noted because we were talking about the the drinks earlier. Uh, were they shots or was she roofing him? <laughs> no, she's just giving him milk. Just giving him white Russians. Yeah. Um, okay, so they, the, the group, all knows where Chanticleer is. They know he's off uh, romanticizing uh, with Goldie. And Edmund starts yelling out his name, Chanticleer, trying to get his attention. And I noted, one of them is a fucking bird who can fly. To mm-hmm. where Chanticleer is and say, hey, I'm Eddie Deason, but I'm a minor bird. Can you come back to the farm? Or a magpie. Sorry. Thank you. Well, but he also he's probably. so many more blood holes. He's, he's probably like drunk all the time though, right? He's like, it's like, I don't know why you snaps. You call me a fraud. <laughs> so I'm going to stay here with this big breasted, big butt pheasant lady and get my rock-a-doodle on. No, I meant, have any <laughs> I meant Eddie Deason is is drunk. Oh, like I don't think he I don't think he could fly over because I think he's always wasted or or at least like food food drunk on lasagna. Regardless, I think he's afraid of heights. Times when they could have used his flight ability. 
he's scared of a lot of things, though. Yeah, he's claustrophobic. He's germaphobic. And for some reason, I think he's afraid of the heights, but I might and, just be making that up. And women, because that's what misogyny is born. <laughs> yes, and women. We're terrifying. What, the what we're saying is Snipes the Magpie is an incel. <laughs> he's t- <laughs> I think he's fairly useless in terms of how the team team dynamic works. <laughs> he really is. Although I guess so, but you know what, Nathan, you know, you said this is like a, they should have just went with this plan, but they do go with a pretty solid plan. And that's Edmund uh, decided to go into Goldie's trailer and just surprise her. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Try to try to talk some sense into her. This, this girl that he's never met. And he's trying to, uh, he's trying to give her this sob story too. And she has these Kleenexes that are the size of bed sheets. Oh, yeah. Like, she takes them out of, like, a Kleenex box. I'm like, what the fuck size of Kleenex is this? Why can't Don Bluth get proportions right? It doesn't even make sense. She's also for, like, really tiny. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense for her size. It makes a little bit more sense, I guess, for the cat, but not even, like, it's still not that big on a cat. Okay, so, all right, so we have established the rhinoceros waiters earlier uh, yeah. during the, the scene where they were all dressed as penguins. So, okay, let's just let's, let's accept the idea that this world has uh, different sized animals in this anthropomorphic uh, world that they live in. Fine. Yeah. It's a Why would Goldie, when buying Kleenex, say, I would like pheasant-sized Kleenex? <laughs> the Kleenex what? companies are being very ableist. <laughs> Speciesists. It's probably because she went and all they had left was Rhino Kleenex. She's like, I guess. I, I guess it Kleenex, gives me more the size to of use. that fucking thing. Well, they're endangered, so it stands to reason that there would be more of those available. In the oh, store. well, that's a fair point. No, yeah, if there's few of them, there'd be way more of their Kleenexes around. There should have been a poacher character that showed up in the city in the middle of this movie. <laughs> Just Craven the Hunter shows up blasting away. Yeah. Played by Danny DeVito. So then I started blasting. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um so yeah, this doesn't go well when he uh he goes to Goldie's trailer because she's like, Yeah, that little kitty that uh Colonel Tom Parker warned me about. And she's like, throw one at you guys are really amused. Uh, well, I'm sorry, but your sexy pheasant voice is really quite funny. It's doing something for you. I did not say that. Oh, I said it's what... really quite funny. Your mouth says something, one thing, but your eyes say something oh, else. Oh, you, you—that's you know—that's why WWE Hall of Famers think that we're gay and Can't fight love. It's really good. If they recast this movie, I would say that, that you Brandon should like Goldie, Goldie. Guys, <laughs> for sure. Start a Kickstarter. I'm in. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, she's like, she's like, oh, you're that kitty that uh, Colonel Tom Parker Parker Fox warned me about. And she starts like throwing things like, ah, she's like throwing shit around the room. And he's like, and she's freaking out. And then he's like, okay, well, that didn't work. Like, no shit, dude. You've never met her in your life. And you just wandered in. You're like, hey, I'm just a fucking cat. Uh, Chanticleer, where's he he at? Like, (laughs) and we, uh, we, we did forget to mention that Goldie is not only is Goldie Chanticleer's new bird, see what I did there, yeah. 
she's also going to be in a movie with him because apparently Chanticleer does movies just like Elvis did. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things of this is when they're trying to simulate a motorcycle ride, but they don't do a green screen. It's just someone has painted a background and they're running it on a loop round and around on a couple of rollers <laughs> as the motorcycle stays perfectly still to like almost like uh the Flintstones you ever watch the like old episodes of the Flintstones where they run past the same thing 16 times when they're trying to get away from something and then some idiot like thinks it should be snowing because <laughs> then the director like gets <laughs> mad at him he's like what's with the snow come on man <laughs> The and monkey the, has a hard time. It, it does. Um, but it's at this point where Chanticleer finds out from Goldie, like she get she gives him the letter because we should mention the, the gang got kidnapped at some point here. They got they got taken by the Rhino, uh, by the Republican in name only uh guards, and they got uh, they got put in a bag, and at this point, um Goldie feels bad and she tells Chanticleer basically she's about to tell him about the honey potting. But then, you know, and she gives him the letter and he's like, oh, my God, it's the guys from the farm. But then fucking uh, Tom Parker Fox shows up and, uh, and re- you know, kind of reveals everything. And they take uh, Chanticleer, too. Right. Well, well OK, but they they, they take him and they force. He's got to film this movie. Yeah. Well, they, they they take him like they subdue him. And but they the next one of the next things you see him is like he's still pissed off and he's on that bike. <laughs> this is the craziest thing is that they go back to do the movie and then he's like i got an idea baby they drive the prop motorcycle out of there yes Who put a real motor in that thing and the worst <laughs> escape animation ever he clips through the door uh-huh. at one point. yeah it's yep. it's real bad that wheel should have been torn off <laughs> like well like why I is rewind. it a real motorcycle <laughs> so okay and also did they not think like hey this guy that we just like revealed this giant uh fucking uh plot that we were doing and that we lied to him and that we're not sending him back to the farm and i'm in cahoots with fucking uncle dookie should we put him on the real motorcycle you think he might try to escape (laughs) in in a rather lavish ben-hur style escape nuts and, and at one point he he uh there's there's a whole big thing here because Hunch is in there he's attacking our our heroes and Patu thinks oh, and he's, he's cutting the he cut the fucking the uh, the roof open yeah. to get to our to get there our heroes who have been tied up and he uses his Swiss Army knife to like open the trailer like a can and at one point Patu thinks he's killed Chanticleer by mistake because he he Thanks. thinks he hits Hunch with a frying pan and Chanticleer comes in. In the middle of that and gets hit. And Patu's reaction to that is very much like, well, I'm sorry, fellas. <laughs> and the, the, funny, the funny thing is, when they did that and they 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 hit Chanticleer with the uh, frying pan and he fell over, my note before they said anything was, oh, my God, I guess I've killed him. And then somebody says, I've killed him. And I'm like, Again, my notes should not be the jo- like my joke should not be the actual line in the movie. Did we mention at any point that the dog's wearing shoes? We have not talked about his <laughs> shoes yet. We definitely should. Because he the does learn how to tie down. them by the end of the movie, and then he starts yeah. out the movie's like, This is before I learned how to tie my shoes. <laughs> oh, that's that's good foreshadowing. <laughs> Did you know that the um 
the narration was also put in after the fact because it didn't test well with audiences because nobody had any friggin idea what was going on before they put that are in. you serious that was oh <laughs> yeah. my god okay so as they're doing this ben-hur getaway where chanticleer is driving the cadillac with the trailer attached to it and pinky the uh sorel brook fox cat thing colonel tom parker is chasing them uh edmund is is finally managed to, to kind of like do up his courage and he's gonna he's gonna help because he wants to i think he's trying to release the trailer from the the cadillac so they can all get away but he's afraid and there's at one point where i is he i don't know he's not unconscious but he's like almost trapped in his own head that was and, fucked up and i was yeah my note was what the hell was that because mm-hmm. there was yeah, like, yeah there was an, like uh, LSD moment. Yeah, <laughs> there was like visions of like the other characters being like there's Pinky, there's the uh, there's Dookie, there's the Battle Toads, and <laughs> he finally was like enough, and he just undoes the latch well, and releases the trailer. You you know what? I would have been he's more trying to save Pinky at the time. I would have understood this part more if it had come later in the movie when he's actually laid out and like on at death's door unconscious yeah yeah but but this is just like it just happens you're like what the fuck Did and just uh, take some shrooms we're we're actually made to think now that uh peepers the mouse sorry not pinky but peepers the mouse is dead right very dark it's a don bluth film did you expect any less no no okay but hang tight peepers fans well, let's let's not get ahead of her there. <laughs> so they they realize that they got to climb up the the water tower to try to save her because they think she might still be alive. And this kid in my school, he smokes oh. and he's bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but why do they all go up the tower? <laughs> Reasons. <laughs> it seems like really poor planning to me. <laughs> or perfect plotting. By Don Bluth, because Peepers isn't isn't dead. She has managed to procure the penis copter, and she saves everybody <laughs> because the helicopter, the penis copter pilot, is down on the ground. How did she fly it? I don't know. How did she because get it? when they get on the penis copter, <laughs> she looks like she can only like sort of move the stick a little bit. I feel, though, if they had shown the scene where she took over it, she would have sat perfectly in that chair and been able to touch the floor with her foot. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, Peepers is seven Because I love Don Bluth, but he has issues with perspective. Perspective and and color. And and it's it's contrast of sizes. (laughs) So Proportion. That's the word I'm looking for. Proportion. So cats did take notes from Don Bluth. <laughs> Obviously. <clears throat> is it okay if in one scene the cat is the size of a house cat and then later it's like almost the size of a statue? No, that makes sense. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. No, that's cool. <laughs> uh at now so now that they've made their their heroic escape in the pediscopter, and uh we did fail to mention that I think old Chanticleer is kind of knocked for a loop, isn't he? Well, we said that Patu hit him with the frying pan. He's unconscious. Right. Okay. Um, We cut back to the farm where, unfortunately, 
uh, Stewie Pig and none of the other animals' names we know, they've run out of flashlight batteries and they're going to be eaten by the owls. Man. This and they prepare a giant little six. That this was also one of my favorite scenes in the whole film as a child. <laughs> but again, it's it's a Don Blue film. Did you expect anything less? Like no. But also, some of the some of the animals lose their clothes in the scene and magically have clothes on in the next scene. <laughs> so what you're saying <laughs> is that in the original cut, there was probably a Caligula esque orgy scene. Because they knew they were going to die, and they were like, well, they're going to eat us. We might as well fuck our brains out. The weird thing is Malcolm McDowell showed up in this one, too. And Minnie Pearl Rabbit kept the hat on with the price tag. Of course. Because you want to see that price tag moving when Stewie Pig is really, you know. Oh, I thought thought you were going to say Christopher Plummer is just like laying there. He's like, no, 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 no. Keep keep it on. Keep it on. (laughs) I won't eat you if you rail me. I or I can I that's really weird. I did not know that the Grand Duke was into pegging. <laughs> you learn something every day. Christopher Plummer's Jeez. really in Christopher Plummer's really into pegging. He had them write it into the script. <laughs> can my Man. character be really into pegging? Uh Mr. Plummer, I don't know where that would come into the script. Oh, l- allow me. <laughs> I shall write it for you. Why is he British? He's Canadian. <laughs> it's me, Christopher Plummer. You're Christopher Lee. Get out of here. Damn it. Every week I try to take that man's roles, and every week I figured out. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to record another heavy metal concept album. (laughs) From Beyond the Grave. Stephen Izzy aren't even here, and we're still making Stephen Izzy-esque, like, turns in this episode. Yeah, it's happening. It's because, yeah. Plumber pegging by our, getting pegged by a rabbit, and... Yeah. Keeping the hat on with the twirling price. <clears throat> Anyhow. But <sighs> if there was a porn parody of this movie, you you wouldn't have to change the name. Uh, you would. I think you'd probably want to change it to at least cockadoodle. Oh, or a rockadoodle. Oh, for sure. Rockadoodle. Cockadoodle. Cockadoodle. Yeah. See. Well, gets it. Change it too much. Let's cockadoodle. You don't want to change too much. You gotta you gotta make sure. Fans of Rockadoodle are also watching. <laughs> the weird thing is, uh, I hear they had a bigger budget for the porn parody. <laughs> yep, likely. <laughs> and it was actually, it was actually ten minutes longer than this movie. <sighs> and they probably made their money back. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well, we get, we gotta get, we gotta get to the f- the final showdown here. Oh yes, because as they're just before they're about uh, to eat. Uh, Mini Pearl Bunny and Stewie Pig, uh, our band of heroes show up. Uh, they they shine the spotlight on the owls, which scares the shit out of them. They buzz uh, the lit, lit, figuratively and literally uh, the uh, farmhouse where they're all hiding out. And when I say literally, I mean they actually cut the hair off of uh, uh, the Dookie's hair. He gets it back though. Don't don't worry. It does come back quite quickly, almost like Homer's, you know, muzzle with his stubble. Yeah. Much comes like back. A Warner got the spray on stuff. Yeah. Right. There you go. Looks <laughs> like a Warner Brothers cartoon. It ain't gone for long. No. <laughs> um, they sink the they, they sink the copter. And oh, my God. 
here's the thing. The next the next portion, folks, you're going to need to stay with us because it really happens, although none of it makes a goddamn bit of sense. Old Chanticleer, they, they say, you got to sing. He wakes up, and he's like, Chanticleer, you got to sing. You got to sing now. You got to wake up the sun. But he can't do it because he's got uh, erectile dysfunction. Yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, and this is where the, the, the Grand Duke kind of kind of puts on the, the push to to stop Chanticleer from waking up the sun. So much so that he, he kills a small child, or at least that's what we think. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 yeah, we for, the, for all intents and purposes, it looks like he's murdered Edmund. And uh, uh, Declare has a line, leave him alone! It's me you want! Which means even a Don Bluth movie can't escape a fantastic little cliche. Uh, this is when they trap Chanticleer in the ground so he can't sing and his throat is giving him an issue. So, of course, the owl casts the spell and turns into a tornado but grows, like, to the size of a Godzilla. And they try to drown, uh, Chanticleer, which makes him turn into a space rooster as he launches into the stratosphere, singing rock a doo doo And he wakes up the sun and scares away the owl. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Not, not credits yet. Stay with us, folks. No, he scares away the owl, but it, then... For oh. some reason, the sun shoots like a laser down at the, at the at the ground, and it turns the owl into a tiny owl, a tiny little owl. So now, how did Hunt that happen? Can get his revenge on his uncle Dookie. But how did that happen? <laughs> how did his magic backfired? His magic back, but he wasn't. Uh, how did Sean declare launch into the stratosphere? It's a rooster Drugs. thing. You're, no, no, I won't. Um, Monica, we have brought you on as the Rockadoodle expert to join the pantheon of experts that we have here. What were they thinking? True. You need to explain to us how, how the sun turned the Grand Duke into a tiny little owl so that his nephew, Hunch, could take out it and exact his revenge upon him. Okay. The sun is also magic. Okay. Checks out. Checks out. It responds to uh, Rockadoodoo. What a day! And it really likes uh, chicken-shaped baseballs going at rapid speeds. I (laughs) I actually thought Hunch was gonna eat him. I was waiting for him to straight up murder his uncle. Yeah, or step I, on I, him or something. I knew that card was not off the table because it's a Don Bluth cartoon. Yep. Oh, did he get the fly swatter out? He did get the fly swatter out. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, Good oh, times. oh! But uh, they they go back to that. Basically, everyone's like all excited. Da 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 da. They're like, oh yeah, we get a dead kid on our hands. Oh right, now. yeah. The 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 kitten is dead. Yeah. Darn. When he gets like apparently the blue fairy is there because he turns into a real boy. And Peepers does remark, oh, he was a handsome little boy. <laughs> This would have been so much less sad if he wasn't attractive. <laughs> right. He does kind of say it like that. Like it's a shame that he was such a handsome little boy. Yeah. And he was an ugly little, little creep. He, well, 
if he was a little hideous <laughs> fucking chud, then I would have been I would have been perfectly fine with his death. Yeah. But then they go back to real life, and Edmund is being woken up uh, by his mom, voiced by D. Wallace. Because and I, by the way, by the way, I just want to say, it looked heavenly. It looked like he was dead. <laughs> say in the true punch to the nuts, it was all a dream. Oh man, no, but it, I, I swear, I watched this and I was like, he's not gonna say the kid's dead, is he? <laughs> because it's just like it's so like it's like a soft filter like it's like uh it almost looks like when uh when when in the in the in the in the 80s when um barbara streisand would be in a movie and you see this like very soft focus the whole time she's on screen so she can look younger yeah it kind of looked like that and i was like oh so (laughs) the judy shineland camera (laughs) he's dead but no he's not dead and they uh they made it through the storm and edmund (laughs) <laughs> which probably sounds like a maniac because he opens the door and he's like, where's Chanticleer? <laughs> and, his, and his dad is like, the fuck? Hi, son, you should <laughs> probably go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> he has a fever. And the only prescription is fe- more Chanticleer. Fever dream. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, luckily, the, the end of the movie has the prescription filled for him because he then sees oh. Chanticleer in his fucking fever dream hallucinating mindset and we have a whole song of the south ending where he dances with Chanticleer and a very uh Daisy Duke looking uh, uh Goldie mm. Pheasant and yeah. just a flawless blend of live action and animation. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Roger. Flawless. What? Roger who? <laughs> Roger like, what? Literally, he's lit completely different than everything else. So poorly done. Absolutely. Oh. So bad. He's like glowing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and not in a pregnant lady kind of way. No. No. He's don't forget even... that he got back there by rubbing the golden cock on the on. Oh my god! On the book. <laughs> I I I. He never now knows even... that anytime he wants to see his farm friends, he just rubs the golden cock Jeez. and he is transported back. He, like, <laughs> you're a delight, Monica. I am so glad we have you as a guest this week. Oh, thank you. I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> also, not even the eye lines are right. Like he's looking no. over at Patu and he's like fucking like it's like. He's looking at Patu, who finally can like tie his own shoe now, and I'm like, well, that's great that Patu could tie his own shoe, but I don't know where the, what the fuck Edmund's doing. <laughs> and I, I know I joked about the whole Song of the South thing, but this minus the racism, I was gonna say this whole portion actually reminded me more of the animation live action uh, section from Mary Poppins, and and that was much yes. more convincing. From the 60s. <laughs> yeah, made conservatively 30 years before this movie. <laughs> right. But they did a great job with that. There's definitely a difference when you add a Disney in the mix. True, yes. you get the budget, I guess. But still the budget 30 years before this. I will say this, though. I still think Don Bluth is a genius. <laughs> he's, he's an interesting guy. Totally agree. Yeah. I think he just picked up projects that everyone else was like, this is ridiculous. And he was like, I can... Make it more. <laughs> Give it to me, baby. So yeah, that's. You say that's there's it. a troll and he's in Central Park. Shut up, Brendan. 
<laughs> and he has a green thumb. Oh, yeah. Oh, now you made me remember one part of that movie. Uh, uh, that was another one of those movies that I watched when, you know, I had a sunburn. <laughs> As a kid, my parents were like, here, here's something from Blockbuster Video. Be quiet for two hours. <laughs> Wait, I think Christopher Plummer is the villain in that movie, too. I don't know. Anyway, How we'll come find out one Plummer's embarrassed to be in the sound of music. But not in Don Bluth's films. <laughs> but not in Don Bluth's Rockadoodle. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's the credits. That's the end of that chapter. Get out of here, you. Two times too many. That's that's my say on this one. But oh, guys, if anyone's wondering, the villain in A Troll in Central Park is voiced by Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> he plays Lord. <laughs> Oh. I think he was also the villain in All Dogs Go to Heaven, which is another Don Bluth film. Probably. Apparently yeah. only works with like 10 people. Considerably better received, <laughs> though, because it had Burt Reynolds. Right. Uh, but anyways, so we're going to go around the horn. Um, I think we know what Monica's say on this one is, but we're still going to ask because, you know, we're creatures of custom. Monica, would you say that this movie is uh, worth a watch, a drunk watch with friends? Uh, would you attempt head trauma to forget it, or would you just avoid it like the plague? I have enough head trauma, although that could explain why I enjoy this film so much. Uh, 10 out of 10, I would watch it again and again. Uh, and I would definitely want to watch it if I had kids with my kids, because they would enjoy it, because they wouldn't know better. <laughs> Actually, uh, interesting tidbit, because it's a tidbit that's interesting. Right. Uh, my second <laughs> watching for this... Uh, because I, I did watch it late last week so I could take my notes, but I wanted a refresher, and I'm a fucking glutton for punishment. Because two watch-throughs of this movie is less than, like, <laughs> one movie. That's fair. Uh, but I watched it, I watched it with a, uh, a, a three-year-old, and she had a great time. So... It has you know great what? music. It, you know what? It, it hits, it does well with the target audience, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, I am uh, a large five-year-old, so absolutely. <laughs> it has great music. I've been singing. My daddy taught me how to sing all day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, what say you, Brendan? Uh, this is also a movie that I saw a lot when I was a child. Um, I will say, now I'm going to edit this a slightly, um, a drunk watch with friends, but I'll say like, do something else while you watch it. Don't drink. Okay. Just like you know, uh, a, a Canada, an October Canada an October. watch with friends. Yeah, yeah. Get a little October. Is... Get a little October. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. What about you? Well, you know what? I'm I'm gonna say a drunk watch with friends as well. Uh, but in honor of who they're trying to emulate with the uh. With Chanticleer and Glenn Campbell doing his best Elvis, I'll say get yourself a, a nice, fine Kentucky bourbon and uh, sit back and have some fun. I would I would laugh if I went to, like, a friend's house and they were just sitting there watching Rockadoodle. I'd be like, what? Drunk off their ass. What are you doing? Like, alone? It's a drunk watch with friends. Where are your friends? I knew I forgot something. <laughs> they're, they're, they're coming. They said they'd come later. This movie's almost over. <laughs> I only started it 15 minutes ago. I know. <laughs> so there. Okay. So there you go. Uh, that's that's our take on it. 
Uh, we are going to cut out real quick, pay some bills, but don't touch that dial because stuff has dials. We'll be right back. What were they thinking? NPR bot, initiate NPR protocol. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Mm, I said cock. Not okay with that. No. But, um, and you said doodle as well. Well, unless unless Flanders is listening, no one's going to be offended by that part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, no, now, uh, now is actually time uh, for the low haiku. And now, Brandon, if you could please, uh, in case this is someone's very first episode, and if it is, you're welcome, uh, explain to them exactly what the low haiku is all about. Well, the low haiku is 17 perfect syllables uh, to describe the movie we just talked about for, I think, longer than the movie's runtime, which is Abs- interesting. Absolutely. It absolutely yeah. has been longer than the runtime. Uh, but as we are uh, delightfully polite Canadians, uh, we will let our uh, guest go first. So, Monica, if you do have a low haiku, uh, could you please... Uh, treat us uh, with 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 your poetry. Rain, rain, go away. Little Kitty saves the day. He is a real boy. Very good, very good, excellent. I like that. And thank you, thank uh, you. Uh, uh, Brendan, uh, if you would be so kind. Yes. <clears throat> hmm. Questioning myself. Did I watch this as a kid? For sexy pheasant. Okay, all right. I uh, took a bit of a turn there, but I'm just wondering. It could have been. It could it's, have been. It's it's okay. It's fine. Could have been. What's and, your uh, what's your uh, sexy uh, uh, low haiku? Uh, well, mine is 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 a little less uh, interspecial, but uh, okay. regardless, uh, I shall I shall uh, continue on here. Uh, my my low haiku is as follows: <clears throat> Rooster a la king? Is he Elvis or Jesus? Cockadoodle pew. Thank you, thank you. It's my my commentary on what I thought of the film. But uh, anyways, uh, NPR bot, uh, please initiate exit protocol. Sun do shine. Okay, great, great. So glad. I mean, uh, I, I think Milos has finally found the sweet spot with old NPR bot, which is good because I don't think we hired him as a coder. No, no, we didn't. But, but I mean, it turns out he's good at everything. Well, you know what? He is from the old country. Yeah, that's what he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Murmur sounds. <laughs> Rumors. It's just raffle, 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 raffle. <laughs> Rhubarb, rhubarb. <laughs> peas and carrots, peas and carrots. <laughs> All right. So well, we we've we've had our we've had our talk about it, and uh, we've waxed poetical. But we don't want you guys to all think that you know what, you know, uh, even though we managed to find ourselves, uh, uh, you know, a, a rockadoodle expert. We don't want you to think that we are the be-all and end-all when it comes to, you know, our, our opinions and things like that. So so much so that we uh, we have a little saying that we'd like to toss around here at the office. And what is that saying that we have there, Brendan? 
Well, that saying is... Don't take a word for us! That's right. Don't take our word for it. I, 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 don't, know, I don't know, Brendan. I mean, it's an animated feature done by the same guy. Did All dogs go to heaven. You know, running up against the Disney. I, I'm guessing that the, the critics probably turned out in droves and loved this thing because he's, he's Bluth sticking it to the man, right? Well, uh, two things. It doesn't look like they turned out in droves, but that could also be because it's an older movie. There's only 15 reviews, and uh, 20% of the critics liked it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, but the, I mean, the audience. I mean, there are, must have been animation nerds out the wazoo loving this thing. Well, technically still rotten, but uh, nostalgia boosted this one, I think, a bit, because there's uh, 55% of the audience liked this one. Oh, so just, just barely, eh? Just barely rotten. Okay. Um, but I will tell you, uh, Nathan, that if you enjoyed this particular movie, you may also enjoy Pokemon the Movie 2000, The Power of One. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dunstan checks in. Uh, uh, Super Fantagenio that has no poster. <laughs> um, 15% audience review, apparently. <laughs> and no critic score. I'm just going to quickly <laughs> see what this is. Oh, dear. What is this? I don't know. I thought that was Steven Seagal doing uh, blackface. We'll just ignore that. Um, wow. Not what it is, but I thought it was for a second. Um, uh, you might also enjoy uh, Far From Home, The Adventures of Yellow Dog, also a movie I saw a million times as a child. Okay. And, of course, the Whoopi Goldberg classic, Call Me Claws, <laughs> which looks like she's about to make out with Santa Claus. I don't know. Uh, I thought she had him in like a vicious headlock. Eh, you never, never <laughs> can't tell. You never can't tell with Whoopi. Rest, re- wrestling reference, though. Got it. In. <laughs> Got it in. Uh, but but let's let's I, I digress. Let's get in. Let's see what some of these critics were saying about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Roger Ebert says uh, the movie has some good songs and some lively animation. But what bothered me was that most of the interactions between characters was on the level of violence. OK. He was not happy with the violence. No. All right. Well, uh, James Plath of the family home theater wrote the problem dot 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 as is so often with the case with non-disney animated features is the concept itself dash dash and that includes a live action quote-unquote frame that seems gratuitous even clunky he gave it a c plus wow james I have Tim Brayton. It certainly does feel like a dream, albeit the kind you have when you're running a fever and have gotten all messed up on cough medicine. He gave it a rating of 1.5 out of 5. That's a fair description, though. Considering the kid actually mm-hmm. does have a fever dream, and that's the entire explanation for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, Michael DeKina of TheMovieReport.com says, One of feature animation's greatest fiascos, 1 out of 4. Fiasco seems a bit hard. Uh, has he seen Food Fight? I guess in 2004 <laughs> he probably hadn't. Thankfully we won't for a while. Yay, it's out of the tournament. 
Uh, Malcolm Johnson of the Hartford Courant, as I say it the French way, wrote, For all the technical feats, droll touches, and some rooster rockabilly belted out by Glenn Campbell, Rockadoodle comes off as slight as its title, a cartoon in search of a story to tell. That is a rotten review. Damn. Alex Sandel says, slightly enjoyable waste of time with a two out of five rating. <laughs> wow. Faint right. praise. Let's get into the real meat. Let's find out what the people are saying. All right, I'm going to start off with one that is very angry. Um, this review comes from Trichrome C. And Trichrome says... The worst animated film on the fucking planet. Just straight horse shit. <laughs> Half a star. Wow. Uh, well, <laughs> my first review is a real brief one. It comes from Nicholas C. And I can only assume that's Nicholas Cage. Yeah. And he writes, I think that's fabulous. Five out of stars. <laughs> Oh, I've got Christopher H.'s review. Anyone who rates this poorly is a sad idiot. Between the amazing characters, classic Don Bluth animation, and timeless soundtrack, there is nothing not to love. Seriously, people are dumb as fuck. Five stars. <laughs> I like the turn at the end. Seriously, people are dumb as fuck. Uh, <laughs> okay, this is uh, this one's a trip. Uh, this is from uh, Alea W. Gives it one star. This was the first Bluth film ever to disappoint me. I managed to enjoy Thumbelina despite its flaws, and this is still way better than either The Pebble and the Penguin or A Troll in Central Park. So I personally, Damn it. <laughs> it's not my words. So I personally rank it <laughs> as one of his better flops. It suffers from too many characters, a lack of focus, continuously flip-flopping on the subject of whether the sun rises with or without Chanticleer, zero explanation behind why he's the only rooster who can, a large swath of the most annoying voices, shallow romantic chemistry, a villain who is defeated far too easily and in a ridiculous manner, and some really disjointed character designs mixing sexy, well-dressed furries with dorky, old-school, semi-anthro animals in lumpy cloth shoes, bonnets, and comically large pantaloons. I'd love to read that person's papers. (laughs) 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 All right. Let me see here. One second. Okay, uh, so my next one comes from Chris M, and I can only assume that's uh, Chris Martin from Coldplay. Yeah. And he writes, this is Don Bluth's weirdest movie he's ever made. I honestly don't know how I feel about it. At one hand, I like weird movies, and that's not to say that Bluth hasn't made strange stuff before this, Dragon's Lair 2. At the other hand, None of the weird stuff adds up, and it's there for the sake of being there with a plot that's all over the place. It's not Blue's first movie, but it's simply not good. Two and a half out of stars. <laughs> but but Gwynny gave it a three. Gwynny really liked it. 
she told me so before we uh, uncoupled. <laughs> Are they not together anymore? <laughs> they had a we we had a uh, a mutual uncoupling. Oh okay, okay. Fucking gotcha. weirdos. <laughs> Is that what they said? I believe that's actually yeah they uncoupling. I think that's what that that was the word that was actually used. Oh, okay, uh, well, uh, uh, Goop will do that to you, I guess. I suppose. Uh, all right, well, I have a review from Eric H. I enjoyed Bluth's other films. I was always a big fan of Secrets of Nim and the original Land Before Time. I also liked All Dogs Go to Heaven and thought it was a really great film. This film, however, was just cheesy. Even the main villain was pure cheese, a big owl that spits out lucky charms. Read more cereal at people as his magic this is an okay film for small kids, but while the other three films I mentioned could also appeal to adults on some level, this one I don't think really can. One and a half stars. All right. Uh, I think this will, be my, this will be the last one then. This is from uh, uh, clearly doing a poor disguise job here, Nathan. Dathan R. <laughs> uh, wait! Just because the D is a replacement and it's nowhere near an N and R is, you know, the letter before an S, that can't be me. I hope it's not you because it's it disturbs me a little bit. Um, Dathan Art gives it three out of stars and mm-hmm. says, I give it this high a rating because the first time I ever saw it, I never saw it again for over 15 years. I honest to God thought that I had dreamt this up in my sleep until I found it on Netflix. It was part of the inspiration I had to write my own stories. <laughs> well, clearly it's not me because the first time I watched it was for this podcast. Just like what this inspired him to become an author (laughs) from Stephen K. (laughs) Oh, what stories did Rockadoodle inspire you to write, dude? That was Stephen Kong, as we covered his works back on a mini episode in our first year. Oh, right. Yes, the great Stephen. I believe it's Stephen Kang. Was it Kang? Oh, it was Kang. You're right, Stephen Kang. My my embarrasses. Uh, well, my last one comes from uh, one. Speaking of mini episodes, one time uh, guest of the podcast, Kyle G. And I can only assume that's Kyle Geldart. Uh, that joke only works for me and him if he listens to this episode. <laughs> he writes, A rockin' good time for the whole family. If you can actually get a hold of the VHS version, it's impossible on DVD to find it. News! I found it on DVD. Four out of stars. Wait, did he come back and edit his Rotten Tomatoes review? I can. I, I'm guessing. Wow. Way to go. Good job, Kyle. <laughs> All right, Monica, send us on home. All right, Hannah A agrees with me. She says I really enjoyed the movie. The rest of my family was not too gung ho about it, but I personally loved. it. It. My favorite part has to be when the Grand Duke and his gang sung about batteries running out. That's my new theme song. Five stars. That's my new theme song. <laughs> Delightful. Well, there, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, so there you know. We we we've uh, we've 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 talked about it. We've waxed poetical about it. We've had the critics have their say. We've had the audience had their say. So Rockadoodle is now we're just going to push it off into the past. And and we're going to talk about the dance craze sensation that's sweeping the nation. That's right. It's time for the What You Watching, Bud. What You Watching, Bud. I don't know what you're watching, Bud. I'll tell you so. Do, 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 do. The Brennan. What You Watching, Bud. 
What have I been watching, bud? Well, I um I watched a little uh, movie on on Halloween night. Actually, I watched it on uh, on the Disney Plus. Is a little uh, actually a little bit shorter than Rockadoodle by not but but not by much, and not an official movie called uh, Werewolf by Night. Uh, this was a uh, Marvel uh, fifty like fifty fifty five minute special. Um, with uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, who you may know from uh, Itu Mama Tambien, or if you just listen to this podcast, you may know him from the hit movie Old. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a movie about like all these uh, monster hunters who find out their basically their leader has died, and his last wish is for them to get together and have this like this basically this deadly competition um, where they're trying to get some kind of relic uh from from a monster they're basically all trying to hunt the same monster to get to get some kind of relic off him obviously there's some twists and turns um everything's not quite what it seems to be um it's really good it's 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 shot in black and white uh it's very much like um like a universal monster movie uh sort of um there's there's some practical stuff it's actually a little bit bloodier than i expected um and uh yeah i mean it's 50 minutes what do you you're not wasting your time. Just watch it, asshole. Wow, wow, that took a hard turn at the end. Uh, well, okay. Well, I normally, I guess, I, I, I don't know where my head was at. Normally, we defer to our guests. It's okay. I'm now glad, she knows the format. I'm glad Brendan got that out of the way with all the swearing at the end. Goodness, that's not what we normally do here on What Were They Thinking. But Monica, I, what, what you watching, bud? Anything interesting, fun? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know what fun, but I recently watched a movie called The Good Nurse. Uh, I'm a huge true crime fan, but I'm so burnt out on true crime and gore after Dahmer and then, you know, all of the content that's been coming out recently. So uh, I pulled this one up. It's an interesting story. It's got Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne in it. So uh, even though it's a Netflix movie, it's got a huge cast. It's a slow story uh, based on a true crime that happened where Eddie Redmayne's character is uh, he's a nurse and he's killing people under his care. Uh, and Jessica Chastain's character needs to, you know, figure it out and sort of bring him to justice. Um, and although it's slow and Eddie Redmayne is very calm and has a very weird accent through the entire film because he is British, but he's trying to do an American accent and it is it's not good. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the resolution at the end of the movie, I, I could compare to Captain Phillips. And all of a sudden, the movie just turns around in one scene and you're like, holy crap, that was an incredible moment of acting from Eddie Redmayne. So totally recommend. Check it out on Netflix. But uh, you're going to say at one point, uh, Jessica Chastain says, I'm the nurse now. Look at me. <laughs> that would be an amazing now. twist. <laughs> Fucking Barkhad Abdi shows up from Captain Phillips. <laughs> Look at me. That would be a where, fantastic where twist. Did you, where did you come I'm from? I'm so sad it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, what about you, uh, Nathan? What you been watching there, bud? Well, I've been watching, and... Uh, well, I was previously watching as well, because we've covered it on the show. A little film called Rock-A-Doodle. <laughs> was, well, no. I, obviously, I've been watching that, but... Uh, I was going to say, I've been watching The Return of Swamp Thing uh, because, uh, as, I, as I noted back when we did the episode, I actually contributed to the uh, the Kickstarter campaign for Rift Tracks uh, when they were doing this as one of their live shows. And it just released in my Rift Tracks feed because, because of my 
Kickstarter contribution, I'm entitled to a digital copy of the live show. That came out this week. I watched that, and it was delightful. Uh, not only is the whole movie in there, um, but uh, Kevin Kevin Murphy uh, and the Rift Tones, which is ba- I think is basically him and his brother, uh, do a song called Ever Loving Swamp Thing. Um, there's a fun little short um, at the first of it. Uh, if you're not into, if you're not, you know, on onto riff tracks, uh, check them out. If you like Mystery Science Theater, it's the same guys. It's uh, Mike Nelson, Kevin Murphy, Bill Corbett. Uh, I'm a subscriber to their friends, which is like Netflix for riff tracks. All kinds of fun stuff on there. Um, you know, even one of our future upcoming episodes they've done, and one of our past ones, a talking cat. Uh, but I yeah, think you mean I think you mean a talking cat. A talking cat. So yeah, uh, yeah, uh, the return of the swamp thing, Rift Tracks version. That's what uh, that's what I've been watching. All right, well, I've been watching stuff. Yeah. Uh, but before we bring on uh, Montrose, of mm-hmm. course, to say a few words. Uh, Monica, thank you very much for uh, being a guest here and talking about Space Roosters with us. Thanks for having me. I had such a fun time. Do you have anything you want to plug? Hopefully we do it again sometime. Do I... Even if it's like not a personal thing, if you want to just plug, like I don't know, uh, the air we breathe or something. Air is pretty cool. Uh, you know, plant some cool. trees and save the bees. It is the air that I breathe. And to save bees. <laughs> very good, very good. Now, uh, Montrose, uh, Montrose, there to say a few things. Yes. Just a moment. Hello, it's your good friend Montrose Mankington the Third here, and I was just like to invite you all to my uh, YouTube channel, uh, Montrose Mankington TV, which you can you can look up using that or at. Montrose the third, that's the number three RD. This is not my Twitter plug. That's also my handle now on the YouTubes. Uh, you can also be friends with me at the Facebook group Montrose Monkington the third Esquire and friends. Uh, and uh, as previously mentioned, you can tweet at me uh, the Twitter handle at Montrose the third. That's the number three RD. Thank you. Or later. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Antros. Uh, you can also find us all over the place. We're on all the podcast apps. Our home base is Age of Radio. Big time. You can go to ageofradio.org slash what were they thinking. Uh, you can also find us on social media. Just search for us on Facebook. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at WWTT Podcast. Um, I think when this airs, <laughs> the tournament might be over or almost over. But if it isn't, uh, make sure you vote because we're putting all these movies in a tournament where uh, all these movies, it's like, oh, my God, how have you not covered this yet? And uh, whatever wins, we'll uh, we'll talk about. So and there you go. if it is over, you know that Brendan's arch nemesis is the calendar. You've known that forever, but now <laughs> it's confirmed. Um <laughs> So on that note, I guess uh, I guess that's pretty much all I got. Oh, they, of course, you could check us out on uh, Redbubble, TeePublic, and uh, Patreon.com slash WWTT Podcast. But I guess, uh, yeah, so I, I guess I just have a few questions to, to round us up here. Okay. All right. Well, um, in, a, in, a, in a movie. Barely. 
uh, barely a movie. Yeah, 64 minutes long, 10 minutes of credits. Um, where, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, that pheasant kind of had it going on, right? I mean, a little bit. I mean, come on, like, you, 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 like, come on. Like, come like, on. Like, okay. like, 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 she's kind of rocking it, right? You're rocking a doodle? Like, 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 come on. You, like, you can imagine. All that, right. right? I, Brendan, I'm not really super com- I'm comfortable I, I, with this. I mean, like, like the pheasant, like, you, you know. Brendan. Just thinking I, about, I, like, going to give town. Me, you have any other questions about this whole thing? Uh yeah. Um would you fuck that sexy pheasant? Oh my god, Brendan, what are you thinking? It's a good time to bring up how delicious pheasant is. <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't hit stop yet. Cock-a-doo, what a day. The sun is shining brightly. Cock-a-doo, sunny day. 